Hi, and welcome to The Backlot. I'm Tova Leiter, moderator and director of the New York Film Academy guest lecture series. In this episode, we will take an in-depth look at one of my great guests and hear about his experience in the entertainment industry. And now, Eric Conner will take you through the highlights of this Q&A. Hi, I'm Eric Conner, senior instructor at New York Film Academy. And in this episode, we bring you an alumni of our school, an actor who, only a few years after graduating, found himself starring opposite Oscar nominee Haley Steinfeld in The Edge of Seventeen. Life isn't fair sometimes, Nadine, okay? You gotta get over it. My life isn't perfect either. The one person who makes me happy, I can't have without completely destroying me. Life's about taking risks. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Nick, I like you. A performer who's also appeared in What We Do in the Shadows, Lodge 49, Truth or Dare, and the upcoming drama Tiger Tail. And he is just getting warmed up. I'm talking about Hayden Sito. Mr. Sito screened Edge of Seventeen and got deep in the weeds about what it takes to not only start an acting career, but to succeed with one. So all you performers out there, listen up. For before his time on the big screen, Hayden Sito was a young man from Vancouver who had to convince his family that he could make this work. I did high school theater, and I really liked it. And then I also come from a very traditional Chinese family. And they're like, all right, so we uh, got you to this country. It was a lot of work. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot of work. So you're going to be successful. So do something lucrative, you know? So where are you going to be, Hayden? I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to throw all of that away. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh, great. <laughs> Can you go to college first? So I did. Uh-huh. I, I studied sociology. Uh-huh. But my electives, I took public speaking, I took film studies. So I was still, you know, keeping one, one foot in the door. And when I finished, I'm like, look, Mom, I still want to do this. Mom and Dad, I still want to do this. And I mapped out a whole plan. Like, I had no idea how I was going to do it. But everything that I've said, I've accomplished. Oh. Everything that I've wanted to do. I said I wanted to go to this school. And then after school, I'm going to get this visa, I'm going to get this visa, and in the time that that visa grants me, I'm going to get a big movie. I was not a big believer in energy and, 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 and speak it and it'll happen, but it f***ing happens. <laughs> if you have the courage enough to say that I'm going to freaking do this, you do it. And when I was in school, my friends, they're like, oh man, so like after school we got to find an agency. You know, like what, what agencies are you looking at? And I was like, no, I want this three-letter one. This one. They're like, oh, yeah, Hayden, yeah, right. I'm like, no, that's the one I want, and that's where I'm going to be. I straight up said it. Not in a cocky way. I'm just like, well, that's what I want to do. Like, what do I need to do? And it just shows you in filmmaking and in acting, how do you have a good scene, right? Strong objective. Your objective needs to be the strongest thing. It's the most important thing. And anything you learn from acting should bleed over to your life. And that's what it, what it, what it taught me. And I, I set myself a really, really crystal clear objective. I want to be there. 
What made here, New York Film Academy, so appealing was the school's hands-on approach to performing, including improvisation, work which paid off dividends for his comic turn in The Edge of Seventeen. I like how you guys had, you know, behind-the-camera training. That's very, very important. Um, audition technique, like everything, this is one school that has everything complete. And then back in Vancouver, film school wasn't that great for, for acting. We didn't have a complete program like this. Uh, I was more known for animation, and we had a lot of scene study classes here and there. They're kind of like fight clubs in Vancouver, you know, these <laughs> underground acting classes. So we didn't have that, and I, I saw this, and that's what really drew me. And then, you know, we got to use the back cloud, and it's pretty cool. So that's what really, really drew me here. I started improv here. I studied with uh, Suzanne Ken. She's like one of the one of the co-founders of, uh, of of Groundlings. She taught me. She started out teaching me, and I liked it a lot. I didn't spend any more time on it than anybody else. It's just something that I figured out. That okay, I have a knack for this, and that's your job here too. You explore like what areas are you good at, and you got to capitalize on that. You know, this is like like an appetizer sampler for all of you. That <laughs> NIFA, that's what it is. Because after this, you guys are not done yet. You guys got to continue, but you got to find out here what you're good at. And then after school, you got to build on that. Mr. Sito's drive began even before he graduated. He knew that nothing would be handed to him, so he had to map out his career, especially if he wanted to stay in Hollywood. Once you have clear objective, right, all your tactics make sense to that objective, right? So I want to get to this three-letter agency. First, I need manager or just some agency to start you up. So I'm like, I need to get their attention. So what did I do? I just, it's simple. I went back to just being the best student I can be in class. And I worked and I asked the questions. I stayed after school. I, I, I was that annoying scene partner that wanted to rehearse for hours and hours and hours and hours <laughs> to a point where they're like, people, Hayden, you're crazy. You know, what are you doing all this for? I just worked my ass off. There's no shortcut. It was absolutely no shortcut. How many of you are not from the USA? Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> you guys, you guys, you guys know what I'm what I'm saying. You guys hear that clock ticking, huh? Yeah. And that's an advantage, not being from here. You don't want to go home, <laughs> right? You don't want to go home. The weather's great. Robex juice is awesome, right? You don't want to go home. But you gotta earn your stay. I knew it the first day I got here. I'm like, I love acting. I love LA. I love America because this is where change happens. It is the heart of propaganda and media. And like here is like how we can, we can change things. We can change people's hearts and minds. And I'm like, I'm not going home. I decided I'm not going home. So in, in the whole two years, like every day was like my last day in class. And I hustled, hustled my ass off. You know, I surrounded myself with people that had the same goals and they still remain my friends today. So it's just making the right decisions and working and making sure that every day you arrive in class that you're improving, that you're not making the same move. Like, just coming to class and making the same mistake over and over and over again, it's not paying your dues. You're just not learning. You know what I mean? Being in school is learning how to learn. How do you learn? You probably learn you know, differently from the person sitting next to you. But like, how do you learn? Is it repetition or is it like mixing it up? Like, you gotta figure that out. And this is the gym for you to do that. 
and it, it's your job. Like every time you gotta police yourself. I'm like, wait, I'm doing the same thing I did last class. And that's when you know you're not making progress. So you gotta switch it up. You gotta learn how to be a student, you know, and don't discredit your, your, your teachers. In an industry so full of question marks, how do you count on anyone for advice? How do you count on anybody? You're like, you, you, it's so easy to say, no, nah, you don't know what you're talking right. about. But they're, they're, I'm telling you, I'm a product of just working on one thing. And it is possible if you know what you're doing and you make sure that every day you're growing. And that's important, you gotta be hungry. You gotta be watching the right movies. I mean, don't watch Shadow Hunters. I mean, watch, <laughs> watch like, Watch movies like why 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 are why are movies good? Why do people say this movie is good? Why do people say this actress is good? See what she does, and then can you analyze it? Can you articulate why she's good? Why is this director good? Why she's so hyped? Why is he or she so hyped? You got to answer those questions. Or you got to articulate, it. and that's your job. You're a student of this, and I, I think a lot of people that I went to school with didn't think of it like that. They're like, oh, I'm just gonna sit here in class for two years. When I'm out, degree's not gonna help you. It's not going to help you. It's how much you put into it in these two totally. years. And, and, and any certificate in art, it really doesn't guarantee you work or get you work at all. You think you walk into a casting director's office and you're like, oh my God, you're just like everybody else. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I know people that went to Juilliard that still haven't found work. They're still struggling, you know, because they think they can carry that, that certificate around. It's yeah. not going to help them. In a city built around dreams, Hayden Sito was tuned into the reality of what an actor needs to break in, even viewing Hollywood's frustrating lack of diverse casting from a different point of view. Here's the thing that I, I, I did differently. Like my mindset was different from my peers. I felt like a lot of them, they have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Just because they see that, you know, oh, oh, the white actor gets all the good parts. And I'm like, okay, well, why? You don't ask the right questions. Do you see what I'm talking about? Ask the right questions. You know, they talk about Scarlett Johansson, you know, being in a ghost in the shell. I mean, that's f***ed up. But like, Scarlett Johansson is a f***ing good actress. It's like, you gotta ask why, and you gotta respect it. You don't see Jeremy Lin going and be like, yo, LeBron James, why are you LeBron James? <laughs> he's LeBron James. You don't ask him why he's LeBron James. Like, you gotta know where you are. You gotta respect it, and that's how you grow. Right. Like, nobody owes you anything because of your skin color in this industry. Nobody owes you. Like, they're like, oh, great. You're, you're trans, oh, you're gay, oh, you're Asian. Oh, great, 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 great. Can you do the job? Show me. You can't do it, don't get the job. As simple as that. You have to deliver. Your best day in class, they're gonna take all that power away from you in the casting room. You're gonna have none of that. You're not gonna have your teacher. You're not, you're not gonna have your, your, your peers telling you you did a good job. You just get one shot like 15, 20 seconds, that's it. That's all you get. Like how good do you have to be to be in that room? You gotta show them. And they're shooting you on these shitty little cameras and you gotta get their attention. And they're watching your audition eating lunch without sound. You gotta be so good, so good. I can't stress it enough. So work, work, work. So much of the work of an actor is constant auditioning, which for even the most talented performers means hearing no. A lot. Though at least in Hollywood, they put it nicely. Leading up to that day, it's 
year after year after year of thank you for coming, thank you for coming. Very good job, very good job. And it's it's a, like a mental fortitude that you just have to build over time and just never lose your cool about it because it's not about you. I mean, it's deeply, I mean, you're, as an actor, it's deeply about you, but it's not about you. You're too short, you're too, you're too tall, you're like, yes. you, you, you look too much like the, the director's wife. You're like, who cares? Yes. Like, you know, there's, there's so many factors you can't affect, yes. and the only factor that you can affect is how good you are. Good news, you can work on that. And that's the only thing you gotta, gotta work on. And I gotta say, you know, with, with everything that's going on in the world right now, and, you know, stuff on Twitter and stuff on... People tell you how you should feel about the world and how angry you should be. And I'm telling you, you can make a difference if you just do your job. America is a place where if you do your job, you can get the job. And that's when you start making a real difference. Not retweets, not followers on Instagram. People will follow you if you do a good job. <laughs> and when I was in school, I had a lot of students focusing on the wrong things. Like, oh, you to make it in this industry, you gotta know people, you gotta know the right people. So you start discrediting everything the teacher's saying. Like, oh, you don't know shit. You don't know shit. You don't know shit. You don't know shit. But you have to realize in the School for the Arts, it's a collaboration between teacher and student. You gotta ask the right questions. You gotta be hungry for this. You know what I mean? You gotta stop focusing on everything that's online. Because that's not gonna make you a better actor. <laughs> be a better actor, be a better director, be a better writer. Write, go act, go do all this shit. Part of his approach to auditioning is finding his connection to the role and trusting his instincts, and hoping the director or casting director will be straight with him, which in Hollywood is not always the case. What catches my eye? The character, I, I have to see that, you know, I can relate to them. You know, I think that's first and foremost, the most important, and that I can understand where they're coming from. And I'm like, how can I give this character dignity? And where does he fit in in the story? Do I like the story? And I think a lot of that comes down to, you know, I have to meet the director and I have to meet the writer as well. Because there's something you should learn right now, and this will help you with, you know, calming your nerves in the audition room. You're not auditioning for them. They're kind of auditioning for you too. Because if you guys can't work together, there's no movie. If he doesn't like you, if you don't like him, like today I went in for an audition and big, big project, lots of money lots of big names, not feeling the director at all. It's like, so like, I want you to do it again, but um, <laughs> you know, like how you did it, but not. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Like, I'm like I, I, I grew up doing sports, so I'm like, just tell me if I'm sucking and tell me to suck less. Like, what, what do you want me to do, fast or slow or what? Like, I'm like, I can already see, and like, I'm like, I don't want this. I don't want to be a part of it. You know what I mean? It, it has to be, there's so many factors, but it all starts with the writing. And I can relate to the character. For an actor starting out, auditioning is like a full-time job. One which requires planning, organizing, and prioritizing. And in the case of Hayden Sito, maybe a bit of obsessing too. I obsess about it. I go like human airplane mode when I have an audition. The only person I talk to is my lovely girlfriend sitting in the back. She runs lines with me like on the phone, in person, and then until she, she's like passed out and I have to like resurrect her, I'm like, hey, again, run it again. <laughs> I obsess about it. I live in it. You know, I, I find the time and I take a day, like usually I get a day between, between auditions and that's all I'm doing. 
And the good thing about today's day is like you can answer text or you cannot answer text. You can answer it later. You know, if it's important, people will call you. Your true friends will call you. But right now, you gotta do work. You, you gotta like police yourself. Can you handle it or can you not? Because sometimes you can have four auditions and they're all like two pages. That's fine. You can do that, right? But when they're all 15, and this happened to me during pilot season, I had five auditions in one day, which should be illegal. And they were all 15 to 18. No, one was, two, three were 15 pages. One was 28 pages. And you want me to go into a room and show you what you want to shoot? <laughs> and I had to prepare for it in two days. You know, and, and sometimes you have to do that. But I, I urge you, you should try it to see if you can. And also, you gotta have some balls to say, look, agents, I only have a finite amount of energy. Can you space these out? And if they can't, they cannot get mad at you for not booking them. You gotta pick and choose. Either do all of them mediocre, or do two of them extremely well. Or say, hey, I wanna go to these two, and I wanna tape these two. Can they be due on the weekend? You, you gotta know your limits. And you're like, okay, no. I tried that last time, not a good idea. Let's try to space it out. So sometimes I had to do that. And in pilot season, I goddamn near pulled my hair off. Because I'm like, I'm, I can't book anything like this. It's, it's impossible for me to do good work. And mental fortitude, I keep talking about that. It's, it's something you just got to work on. You got to know your limits too. And if you prepare, study, work hard enough, and maybe have a bit of luck, you get into the room that can change everything. Like when Hayden Cito auditioned for The Edge of Seventeen. I just auditioned, <laughs> like everyone else. I was one of four auditions that day. Didn't think much of it, didn't even have a title. I just read it off the page, pretty much. But of course I worked on it, come on, I worked on it. <laughs> but I wasn't confident enough to put it down, I just had it in my hand. And they laughed, and I'm like, ha ha. Everyone always laughs and nothing ever happens. <laughs> Something you're gonna get used to. And I walked to my car, and when I got to my car, got a phone call from a number I didn't recognize. And it was a casting director, like, hey, are you free tomorrow? Can you come back tomorrow? I'm like, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, same place? Yeah, same place. Came back the next day, and in the room was Kelly, the director, and three producers at the back. I knew they were producers because they're older and they're judging me. <laughs> and so I went in and I did the scene again with Kelly and uh, she laughed and she looked at me for a second and she's like okay thank you thank you very much and it's a, a sentence you'll hear a lot <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you for your time thank you yeah. that was nice and um, I left and uh, at that time my visa was about to expire so I had bigger things to worry about, like, like going back to my own country, Canada. Uh, and uh, they called me, they're like, hey, you're the choice. I'm like, what? What? What does that mean, I'm the choice? What do you mean? What does that, what does that mean? Did I have the job? Like, what, what does the choice mean? What's choice? What's choice? And they're like, yeah, we, see, you're like the first person to be cast. We don't even have a DP yet. We don't even have any money yet. But we really like you. Well, see, I'm about to go back to my country because of the law. Uh, <laughs> and um, it, it was really funny. They, and they, they wrote up like a mock contract and I signed it and I gave it to the immigration lawyer. And I'm like, hey, I need I to go film this movie. 
And so I called production, I'm like, hey, where are we filming this, by the way? Oh, in Canada. <laughs> so I had to get a temporary visa from immigration to go back to where I was going to go back to anyways and film the film in my hometown, shooting it in the same Ferris wheel I rode when I was 14. <laughs> so that's my story. That's, how, that's what happened. After years of thank yous and small roles, Mr. Sito finally got his big break. Thankfully, he discovered that his illustrious colleagues were just as human as the rest of us, albeit really talented humans. Good news. Woody Harrelson messes up his lines, too. <laughs> Haley Steinfeld needs to run to the corner with me to run lines as well. She's, they're, not, they're not these, like, deities, okay? Like, we're all actors. Right. That's the good news. Just because they have a Golden Globe, Oscar, whatever, they still need to run lines. They're just like every other actor. You know, they've just been doing it for a longer time. Yes. So it's your job now to, to just pay those dues, right? Just keep doing it. And uh, I didn't realize anything. She is insanely charismatic, and she's been doing it since she was, like, seven. And uh, this girl has the ability to just tweet. And then they're setting up the shot. Shot's ready. Throws her phone. Assistant catches it, and then she just like, blah, kills it. Goes back to tweeting. Yes. Like, she can do that. You know, I don't necessarily operate like that. I kind of have to stay in it. Morgan Freeman works on his scenes quite differently. He likes to, you know, just sit with his scene partner and just talk about the scene. Not even working on the lines, but he likes to talk about, like, the backstory and everything and get into the relationship. And at the same time, he's bonding with you. You try all these tactics with your scene partners next time. Yeah, like, I didn't notice anything that was different. Woody was an exceptional, exceptional improviser as well. Just to watch him work, it's, it's hilarious. Like, I, I, when he puts the VHS tape in for the class, like, yeah. he made up so many different titles. <laughs> He's like, the KKK, a musical. <laughs> you know, like, he'll, like, make up shit. It's so funny. He's so funny. Like, he's a hilarious guy. Once an actor finds himself shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder with Oscar-nominated greats like Haley Steinfeld and Woody Harrelson, well, that's not necessarily the happily ever after, because that's when the pressure kicks in. Thankfully, Hayden Sito received valuable mentorship from producer James L. Brooks and director Kelly Freeman Craig. Tell you the story. I was going to tell it like before I left, but I'll tell you now. It was a challenging experience because I went from getting parking tickets in Hollywood, going to audition to audition, to one day being on a set where they drive me everywhere, they pay for everything, and they treat me like a goddamn king. Okay, and I got to set, and I'm like, I gotta perform. I gotta let them know that I, 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 I own, own my space, I, I got, I, why I have the job. And when I was thinking like this, I couldn't perform. And I, I'm like, I think I'm doing a pretty good job. I think I'm doing a pretty good job right now, yeah. Nobody's saying anything, so I think I'm pretty, doing a pretty good job. And I get a phone call from James L. Brooks and Kelly Freeman Craig. And they're like, can you come back a bit earlier from lunch? And uh, we just want to talk to you for a little bit. And I'm like, oh no, this is like a principal's meeting. I'm in trouble. Like, you just felt it. You know those, that feeling you get when you walk into a room, when your girlfriend's sitting a certain way, your mom's sitting a certain way, you're like, oh, sh you know what I mean? It's, it's like, that's how I felt. And then I'm like, uh-oh, what's going on? They're like, Hayden, do you feel like sometimes the character leaves you and the character doesn't come back? I'm like, so what you're saying is, in my defensive mind, I'm like, you're saying 
Sometimes I suck and sometimes I suck less. Is that what you're saying? You're saying I'm sucking, I'm sucking, I'm sucking right now, right? So I'm freaking out and they're like, so what's going on? I'm like, okay. I was gonna lie. I was gonna say, you know what? I'm fine. Where's my money? I could have done that. But I'm like, no, we're a team now. I've gotta be honest. This is what you gotta do in class. If you're not feeling something, you gotta articulate why. Articulation is everything. So I'm like, okay, here's what happened. I can't believe I'm on set right now. I'm overwhelmed. My grandma just died. So many things have just happened in my life and I can't access this because I'm all the way up here. And James O. Brooks is like, okay, bring it in. I'm like, bring what in? <laughs> what? He's spoken to like his cell phone or something. Like, and his assistant comes in with an iPad. I'm like, what the f is going on? And he holds the iPad. He's like, that'll do. And the assistant leaves. I'm like, this is so dramatic. <laughs> and he was like, I just want to show you something, Hayden. He turns the iPad to me, and it's a video of me. This is your audition tape, and I want to show you why we hired you. And he played a tape, me, Kelly, and James watched it. I was clutching a pillow, crying my, crying my eyes off. And they're like, hmm, do you remember this guy? I'm like, mm-hmm. Do you think we can get him back? Yeah. So how can we help you, Hayden? I'm like, um, just give me five minutes and some space. And James O. Brooks was like, all right, clear the room. Clear the room, everybody out. He's like, shot is ready. I want you to come out whenever you're ready. Scene is yours. The day is yours. Don't you worry about a thing. And then before he leaves, he turns around and he says like, you know, I've worked with a lot of actors in my career and I just wanna let you know, it's not often that somebody finds their voice so quickly in their career. And this, this is your voice. This is your mirror. I want you to bring it every day to set from now on, he leaves. The lesson is you gotta believe that you're doing this. You gotta believe yourself. Because when I was in school, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I moved here from Canada. So I was always living in the past, one step. And the one thing that I learned from this movie is that now I've caught up with myself and I'm here and I'm centered and that takes time. So it's okay if you guys feel that along the way. It's totally, totally normal. So that's one of the most challenging experiences that I had to overcome on set so far. And uh, one of the things I want to play in the future is um, continue doing characters like this, giving characters dignity and you know, people of color dignity. That's all we ask for. I mean, isn't the bar so low? Just dignity, <laughs> you know, but that's, that's a start, right? So that's what I want to do. When one of the creators of The Simpsons gives you advice, you listen. Though Mr. Sito already came into this business knowing one major life lesson, balances everything. One thing, you, know, you gotta have, it cannot just be about acting because sometimes you do need a break from it or you can't just obsess about it that much that that's your only outlet. Because for a long time, you know, you're gonna be paying for classes, you're gonna pay for your opportunity to stand on the stage and to practice, essentially, right? And then you're gonna be like, this is stupid, why am I paying money to act? I came here to be paid to act, right? <laughs> but it's gonna feel stupid. It's gonna feel stupid for a while, okay? And you gotta have a, a hobby, something that you really suck at. This is what really helped me. I found something that I really, really, really sucked at, which is getting hit in the face. And I love boxing so much, but I'm like, all right, I'm gonna find something I'm, I really suck at, I'm gonna excel at that, and that's gonna be my outlet outside of acting. And I'm gonna find the through line between the two. And what I learned from boxing help me put the through line back into acting. It's kind of like dodgeball. Everyone's, everyone's seen dodgeball here? Mm -hmm. If yeah. you can dodge a wrench, 
you can dodge a ball. Right? <laughs> it's like, there's something profound in it. It sounds stupid, but there's something profound in that. You know what I mean? It's like, if you can get hit in the face and recover, you can recover in acting. You're fine. But you gotta find something that you really, really suck at outside of acting and try to be good at that. You know, you just constantly have to have the practice of be chasing something that's so far away from you because that's what this career path is. So you gotta have a hobby that's a mirror to that, that you can have easily accessible on the side. I think that really, really helped me. It's, it's like a form of meditation for me too. Another part of Hayden Sito's holistic approach to his life and career is not allowing himself to be defined as an actor only by his ethnicity. I won't do it if it sucks. No, straight up. Here's, here's the thing. Being an actor of color, like you're gonna have people in your community are gonna, it's gonna be a mixed bag. Some are gonna say you owe us something because of your skin color. I'm like, no, I don't. I'm an artist. I'm here to do good work. I'm only gonna do good work. You gotta know your worth. Do you know what I mean? If it's about the Asian American experience and it's written well, it's directed well, hell yeah, I'll do it. But I'm not just gonna do it for that reason. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's a differentiation. So I, I want you to know that, like, make those choices now. You don't owe anything because of how you look like. You know the quality of work that you wanna achieve, you go out and you do it. Don't let anybody tell you that, hey, you're Asian, right? Here's an Asian role, you gotta do it, because you're Asian. No, no, a spin on that shit. <laughs> Toughen up. <laughs> That's all I gotta say, no, because when I, when I was in class, I straight up had people like, look, we got this Asian part, it's stereotypical. Even in film school, I was already like, no, I'm not, I'm not gonna do that. He's like, you don't want footage? I'm like, no, not that shit. I'm not gonna have that in my demo reel, uh-uh. I'm gonna have some goddamn dignity, right? So you gotta know how to pick and choose. You gotta see past all of that. So now that his career is up and running and he's accomplished so many of those goals he set out, what is Hayden Sito's favorite part of his career? The best thing, honestly, talking to you guys. Like it's no, it's the best, it's honestly the best part. Being able to, you know, just sit in a room and talk to people that love the same thing and want to do the same thing, that are much younger than me and I love that. I, I'm like, oh man, like, let me tell you, I was just there. <laughs> uh, I was just in the trenches. I get to tell you guys how to avoid that. All, all the stuff that I had to avoid. And I think that's, that's really cool. And I think it takes a lot of balls wanting to be an actor because nobody really needs you. We need doctors, we need hamburgers. <laughs> we don't need actors. Like nobody's saying, oh my God, we need more actors here. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It is a goddamn blood sport out there. It's not a joke. I mean, and it's, it's fun to say, oh, there's a job for everybody. No, there's not. You gotta fight for it. You gotta, you gotta kill somebody. No, don't, don't kill anybody. <laughs> um, but it's something you have to own. That's one of the, the things that I love about my job is I get to talk to younger actors or other actors and being able to do this for a living, something that I've dreamt about since I was a kid, is extremely fulfilling, extremely fulfilling. Hopefully, his words inspire others to approach their training and their careers like he has. We want to thank Hayden Cito for taking the time to meet with our students and for doing our school proud. And thanks to all of you for listening. This episode was based on the Q&A, moderated and curated by Tova Leiter. To watch the full interview or to see our other Q&As, 
check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash New York Film Academy. This episode was written by me, Eric Connor, edited and mixed by Christian Hayden, produced by Christian Hayden and myself, executive produced by Toba Leiter, John Sherlock, and Dan Mackler. A special thanks to all our staff and crew who made this possible. To learn more about our programs, check us out at myfa.edu. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. See you next time.